I go ahead and preach a message I prepare. But uh, turn with me to 1 John, if you would. The book of 1 John, let's all stand as we honor God's Word by standing. Uh, it must have been a good day for everybody to take off this afternoon. Um, <clears throat> 1 John, the first chapter. I'm only going to read one verse. That's what I'm going to be preaching from uh, this afternoon. And these things write I, we unto you, that your joy may be full. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, for good number we had this morning. We pray that you'll send more of them back this afternoon. Lord, uh, I just pray that you'll bless them. And, Lord, I pray that you'll bless everyone that's been here today. Lord, I pray that you'll go with us and take care of us. Lord, I know that uh, sometimes we we don't do what we're supposed to do. But, Lord, we know that uh, we know what we're supposed to do. We know what you expect of us because we can read it and study it here in the Bible. And, Lord, one of the great things that I see today is that you don't see many Christians today who are full of joy. And they don't seem to be joyful about uh, their salvation. They don't seem to be joyful about the fact that they're going to go to heaven and, and, and those, those things. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll help us, uh, Lord, to be full of joy as we're going to preach about in just a few minutes. Thank you for everything, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Full of joy, full of joy. It's uh, it bothers me. A lot of things bother me anymore, but it bothers me to no end when I see Christians who should be very happy with their church. They should be very happy with the word, but it seems to me that a lot of them are not very happy. You know, uh, I guess we just live in a dark and dreary day. I don't know. I, Carmen was just saying a while ago about, she said you need to tell people don't own nothing. Cause, cause said they're going to hit you with money every time you turn around. You know, and, uh, but I, I guess we live in those days. I was telling them they gave me my bonus last week and I sent over half of it to the federal government for taxes. So, uh, so I mean, that's, uh, that's where we are now. You know, they don't leave you much to live on. And, uh, so I guess there's a lot of reasons that people aren't so full of joy as they should be. But, uh, when it comes to our salvation, I don't care. I don't care what, what you own, whether you own a lot of stuff or own nothing. It's going to be a great joy someday when we stand before the Lord. When we stand before the Lord, something that we've preached about, something that we've believed, and something that we've stood for, and all these things for all these years, and then to finally get to stand before the Lord. It seems like that uh, our lives, I, I know my life seems like it's passing pretty fast. I told Emily when she told me a couple of weeks ago that she was... Uh, uh, pregnant. She didn't want me to tell anybody right then. 
until she, they got a heartbeat, so they did a sonogram on her Friday, and they did get a heartbeat, so now she's telling everybody. But I told her, I said, Emily, you're making me old. You know, just uh, less than two years ago, uh, I said, I'm a great-grandfather, and now about two years later, two and a half years later, I'm going to say I've got two great-grandchildren now. I saw where Brother Pyle had, what, 35 great-grandchildren. I don't know how a man stands that. <laughs> He's 90 years old, just turned 90, I think. But, uh, you know, back back in the day, everybody says you shouldn't say that, but back in the day, people had a lot of kids. They, You know, had, I know my father-in-law always said they had 14 of them. And the last one of them just passed away about a month or two ago, a month or so ago. The daughter, the last daughter just passed away. And But my father-in-law used to tickle me to death and tell him how they got along, you know, with 14 kids. Actually, I think they had a, about 15 or 16. I think a couple of them died or something. Uh, but anyway... Um, he used to tickle me death. He used to say, my mother used to fix a big pot of soup beans. That's for, for those, those of you who don't know what soup beans are, uh, uh, pinto beans. And he, he said the older boys used to gather all the kids around and said they would lift up the lid of the pinto beans and spit in them. And they would tell the rest of the kids, they would say, now, if y'all want to eat them, you can but I won't let you know that we have, we're spitting in them. And, uh, said so some of the girls wouldn't touch them. And that just tickled the boys death because said they, they got to eat them all. But, uh, but at any rate, I mean, that's in those days, that's, you know, they had to do what they could to eat. And you had a pretty big family too, didn't you, brother Sam? Seven, Seven of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. We double that. That's what Rhonda's daddy had his family uh but uh that's uh i guess we live in days when i guess people's got things to be sad over but when you come to the house of god you know i see kara puts on facebook you know she's headed for uh headed for landmark baptist church and and looking for uh uh looking for a wonderful time of such and and well i Kara, I'm going to talk about full of joy. You know, we're full of joy, and, and that's the way we should be. The greatest joy of all is to be forgiven for all of one's sins. That's the greatest joy of all. I mean, you, I, I don't know, I don't know where you find that joy at, but, but it's there. That joy is there that, uh, when you realize that God is Forgiving you for every one of your sins. Guilt of sin is a terrible guilt, especially if the sins are going to send one to burn in hell fire. Guilt is a terrible thing. You know, and, uh, I say, I say, I've said it here a couple of weeks ago, you know, uh, I hate sin. I hate sin. That's, uh, just like Brother Dougie Newell and, he was interviewing with a church about pastoring. They said, what do you believe about divorce? He said, I hate divorce. 
And they said, no, no, that's not what we mean. What do you believe about divorce? He said, I hate divorce. He said, that's what I mean about divorce. And so sad to say they never called him. But but the thing about it is, is, you know, I hate sin. I hate my sin. I I hate the sin that that I find myself, uh, uh, the things I think about sometimes and, and, and the things that I say sometimes. And uh, I I hate myself for that, and and I want to tell you folks, there's guilt, there's conviction, there's conviction there. It's not it's not guilt of conscience. It's conviction that the Lord convicts us of our sin. But that that that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing because you know guilt is a terrible thing, but it's a wonderful thing to know that God convicts us. And lets us know when we have done something we shouldn't have done. I mean, it comes immediately. You know, I, I've known of people who said, well, a month or two later, people convicted me of it. That's not, that's not that way with me. God convicts me. He convicts me every time I turn around about something that I've said or something I've done. So the guilt of sin is a terrible thing. And, and it's hard to be full of joy when you're carrying around sin. Uh, uh, that you shouldn't have and you're carrying it around. Just like I said in the, this, uh, what I wrote in the, uh, church bulletin really had a lot to do with what I was preaching today and, and had to do with the fact that, you know, that, that people just sin. They just keep going on sinning, keep going on sinning, on and on. They sin and seems like it, there are no consequences of it. It just goes on. But one of God's children, it's wonderful to know that God chastises us. You know, when we do something that we shouldn't do, and believe me, I know what that's like. I've been chastised. I really have. I'm not going to discuss all of it right now, but I've been chastised before. And uh, there's things that have happened that, that I know was chastisement. And I've always prayed to God, God, you know, if you're going to chastise me, don't take it out on my children i've asked god to do that but sometimes he does sometimes he takes it on the third or fourth generation down from them that's something you've got to realize you something you've got to realize some of you young people you know uh if, if your daddy and mama are are god's children and they're not doing like they should do you know god could make you accountable for their sin that's what the Bible says. You say, well, that's not fair, but that's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible teaches. And, uh, you know, we, we need to be teaching our children. Uh, you know, if you, you know, I, I noticed some of our young girls here, and I'm not going to, this is just me as an old preacher, but uh, some of you, if you believe in a head covering, you need to be teaching those kids. I'm serious about that because... Um, I had one of our Bible conferences when all the young people got up there to sing. Somebody came to me and said, uh, how come they don't, they're not taught to wear a head covering? And, uh, so, you know, we, uh, we, we, if we believe in these things and we believe these things are true, we need to start teaching them. You may say, well, I sure not going to wear one in front of any of my friends. Well, if your friends are, don't like what you, what you believe about the Bible, then you need to find new friends because the Bible does teach it. 
and very clear about it. I've had, I've had more preachers in, a, in lately, and I'm talking about lately, I'm talking about in the last few years that have called me about that very subject right there. Brother Mark Williams has called me about that subject because his wife doesn't wear a head covering. And he's called me about that subject. And he, he probably listened to this. He listened to every one of my messages. And so, uh, and he, but he won't mind me saying this. Uh, Brother Robbie Jeffries has called me about a head covering because he doesn't believe it. And, and so, uh, you know, they've asked me about how do you come, come around to that? Well, wearing a head covering. Well, you know, if we believe it, you know, if we believe it, I can understand somebody don't believe it. But if we believe it, then we need to be teaching these young people about it. That's, that's, that we should be joyful over. We should be happy over it. We should be happy that we're, that we're, Lord is letting us do something that is right. Letting us do something that is right. You know, I was telling, uh, uh, Griffin and, and, and Allie this week, you know, the right thing to do is get married. And I showed them in the scripture where the Bible teaches that. The right thing to do is get married. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take that uh, away from anybody. That's the right thing to do is be married. And, and I even showed them what young women, you know, what the Bible teaches about young women, young, uh, married women and what the Bible teaches about young men. You know, let, let me tell you folks, these things are things that Makes you full of joy when you know these things and you don't mind following them, and, and it's it just joyful to be following them. Um, John says, "I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for His name's sake." John said, "That's the reason I'm writing this." He said, "I'm writing this book. I'm writing it because God has forgiven you for your sins." Would John have written this book? No, I don't think so. I, I think God, God gave him the words to write in this book, and I don't think God would have written this book if he didn't really forgive us for our sins. He said, I write this book. Why? Because you have been forgiven of your sins. And that's a great joy. That's a great joy, a great thing to think about. This teaches me that a person's past sins are forgiven. You're talking about a blessing now. Sins are forgiven. From the time you're the baby, these little babies do things wrong. This is sure as anything, they do things wrong. I think Brother uh, Samaru brought that out in one of his messages, talking about, the, talking about these little children that do things wrong. They do things wrong. Oh, they're, they're lovely. They're sweet. They're little angels. They do things wrong. They're, they're little saints, but they do things wrong. You know, and we, we love our children. I love every child, I've loved every child that's ever been in Landmark Baptist Church and still love them. Some of them are even getting old now, but I still love them. And, uh, I heard somebody back there a while ago when I was sitting out here talking about being 51 years old. Who was that? <laughs> I think I know. But, but at any rate, uh, you know, I, 51's not old as it goes Sam. 51 is young. Man, I tell you, you ought to be jumping over fences. <laughs> be jumping over fences. I remember down at, down there at, uh, that, where we go down there to, uh, take the children down there. There was a fence down there and I told Reggie and Jim, I said, I'm gonna jump over that fence flat footed. 
And I did. Jumped over that fence flat-footed. They were hoping my foot would hang in there and I'd fall. But it didn't. I jumped over that foot, that fence, just like jumping up here on the, here. Brother David Carter said, I can do it. If you can do it, I can do it. And I thought he was goner when he did it. But, uh, but at any rate, uh, 51 years old, you ought to be jumping over fences. You ought to be full of joy and, 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 and such because God has, God has let you live that long. God has let you be in the world that long. God has taught you so much for that long. But it teaches us that your past sins are forgiven. It also teaches us that your present sin, your present sins are forgiven. And it also teaches us that your future sins are forgiven. Just think about that now. Think that for a moment. You'll say, well, I can't help it. Sin comes. Jesus said that. Jesus says offenses come. Yeah, sin comes, but to be, if you're saved and full of joy, then you can say, Lord, I know I shouldn't have done that. I know I shouldn't have said that, but Lord, it's a great blessing to know that you have forgiven me for all of my sins. Past, present, and future. You're forgiving me for all of my sins. And there's not a verse in the Bible that teaches any differently than that. I know some people, I had somebody write to me one time years ago uh, when I made that statement that they said, well, what about uh, when you presumptuously sin? It was, it was another Baptist preacher. What about when you presumptuously sin? said, the Bible says there's no more, there's no more sacrifice of that sin, but there is a sacrifice for it because God says there's certain indignation you're looking for. Now, God's going to chastise you for your sin, but it's wonderful to know that you've been forgiven for them. But he's going to chastise you. And that's another wonderful thing. It really is. You know, we well, sometimes we take it, we, we try to blame everything on Satan, but it's a wonderful thing for God to chastise you. You know, then you know you're one of God's children. You know, that, that's, why, that's why John wrote this book. That's why, I mean, that's why John wrote this book. That's why God inspired him to write this book. It's because he's teaching us that we should be full of glory because of all these things we, we see in this book. And we're going to get, get to some of them in just a few minutes. It bothers me to no end when people have the chance to be in the Lord's house to worship him in spirit and in truth, but feel that there are other things that are more important to do. You know, if, you, if you're full of joy with the Lord, there's nothing any more important to do in your mind than to worship the Lord. Just nothing more important to do. It's an important thing to do. And people just, Rhonda gets on me sometimes because I go to church so early. Now, don't you expect me to get ready and go with you? I'm not going that early. Well, I mean, I've always done that. I've always gone to church early. Even when I wasn't pastor and I went to church early. And, uh, but the fact is that because I had great joy, I wanted to be in the Lord's house. And I think that's what we ought to see. The great apostle John teaches us that the fullness of joy is the, is, is the, I'm sorry, is the outcome of fellowship with the Father and with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, fellowship with Him, that's going to bring you, you're going to put you full of joy. As the Bible teaches here, he said, I wrote this book that you may be full of joy. What is more important than fellowshipping with those who believe 
like you do concerning God. You know, you you go somewhere and you hear a message that you don't believe, that's no fun. You you, you hear something that people do when they start that hand raising and head bowing and all that stuff, that's no fun to be there. No fun to be in that. And 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 certainly that's what happens. It's uh God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. It's 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 very wonderful to have fellowship with them. I've I've concluded that many of the religious world find fellowship with just any who proclaim the name of religion to be so s four big O's after it. So wonderful. It is so wonderful to be here today. And I'm not in my own house of God, where 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 I believe and what what I teach, what's taught here. You know, it's so wonderful to believe somewhere else. That's that's joy that you shouldn't have. I'm sorry, that's just joy you shouldn't have. Now I've got about uh, ten things here. It's going to take you using your Bible, but it's all all of it's in First John. First of all, the fullness of joy. Because of close, close and, and blessed fellowship always follows those who walk in the light. Every one of these statements is going to start just like that right there. Let me say it again. The fullness of joy because of close and blessed fellowship always follows those who walk in the light. John 1, 1 John 1 and verse 5 says, says, this then is a message which we have Heard of him. He said, he, he just said he wrote these things that we might be full of joy. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declaring to him that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ's son cleanses us from all sin. Great fellowship. Great joy. Great fellowship. The fullness of joy because of the close and blessed fellowship always follows those who confess their sins and are forgiven and are cleansed. Say that again. The fullness of joy because of close and blessed fellowship always follows those who confess their sins and are forgiven and are cleansed. What about it? When was the last time I saw a wholesale confession? When was the last time I saw a wholesale confession? Boy, I tell you, I've seen it over years, years ago. You know, when I was at Calvary Baptist in Cynthiana, half of the church came forward confessing their sins. I mean, it's just, you just wonder, you wonder sometimes what you're going to do with them. They come confessing their sins. And you don't see much of that anymore. First John 2 and verse 3. First John 2 and verse 3 says, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So the fullness 
of of joy. It, well, I got a little ahead of myself. First uh, John one and verse eight is where I want on this like this other one. The fullness of sin. First John one and verse eight. He says, "If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we con- if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." Now, look at if we confess our sins. There's always there is always a a something there that we have to do. We need to do. Not have to, but we need to do it. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, you, you can't, uh, you know, you can't help it. And, you know, and it doesn't bother me if someone says, well, I don't want to confess my sins openly. Uh, it doesn't bother me, but as long as a person confesses their sin, that's, that's what, that's the important part about it. If we confess our sins, uh, but it, there's greater confession of sin, you read it there, when we have this prayer circle, there's a greater con- outward confession of sins than we realize, because he said, if, if you confess your faults one to another, he says, then I will heal. I will heal. I'm just paraphrasing. If we confess our faults one to another, you know, we, we, we've got to be willing sometimes to openly confess our faults. And, uh, I mean, I've had one person in the last couple of years, I've still got the note that was given to me when Christy came forward a couple of three years ago. I still got that note, Christy. Still got it on my desk back there. I read it quite often. Christy came forward and she said, I haven't been living as I should and I want to ask the Lord to forgive me and I want the church to forgive me. That's good. That wasn't wasn't anything to be ashamed of. That's great. That's wonderful. Now the fullness of joy because of close and blessed relationship always follows those who are obedient to the Father. And we just read that, First John 2. O- obedient to the Father, he says, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth not in him. Where's all liars going? Now we're not, we're not talking about, we're not talking about lies in the sense of, uh, but we're talking about lying about your salvation, lying about the truth. You know, and he, he says over in the book of Revelation, all liars are going to go to hell. You know, if we keep his commandments, if you say I'm keeping his commandments and you're not doing it, then you're a liar. And the truth's not in you. It's just certainly not. The fullness of joy because of close and blessed fellowship always follows those who have the love of God, who, who love, have the love of God more than the love of the world. John teaches in 1 John 2 and verse 15 says, Love not the world, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. 
If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that dwelleth, he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. The love of the world is not condoned by God. God doesn't condone the love of the world. Oh, there's a lot of things out there, you know. If you love your job more than you love the Lord, then you're wrong. If you love your possessions more than you love the Lord, that's like Carmen said. Carmen said, don't own anything. Don't own, don't buy nothing. Well, she just told me at lunchtime. She said, don't buy nothing because said they'll make you pay taxes and insurance and everything on it until you wish you didn't own it. Well, I'm telling you folks, she's got, she's got it somewhere because a lot of truth in that. What attaches you to the world? Oh, I saw this beautiful car and I want it. Oh, I saw this pretty house and I want it. I saw these pretty things and I want them. But you don't need them. Rhonda, last night she was sitting down in the floor in front of her closet trying to figure out what she's going to wear tomorrow. That's today. I said, what are you doing? You trying to go through all that stuff you got, trying to figure out what you're going to wear? Then she wants something new. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm just telling you that's the way it is. It's the way it is. John teaches, well, we already read that, the fullness of joy because of close and blessed fellowship always follows those who are stable in the truth. Those who are stable in the truth. Are you stable in the truth? First John 2 and verse 18 says, Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they'd have been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. You know, like we heard the other day, you need our baptism. I know you done been baptized, but you were baptized with that heretic. You need our baptism. That's what they're that's what the Christian church says. You need our baptism in order to be saved. John says there's a lot of antichrists in the world. Now, we're talking about in his day. You can imagine how it is now. If there was a lot of antichrists in John's day, and John wrote to, uh, to, for the fullness of joy to these people, then what is it like today? What is it like today? You got, you got to just, the world is just full of, of everything. If you like to curse, you can find a church to go to let you curse. If you like to drink, you'll find a church to go to and let you drink. 
If you want to run around on your wife, you'll find a church to go to. They'll let you run around on your wife. They won't say anything about it. They won't teach against it. The fullness of joy because of close and blessed fellowship always follows those who know that they are saved. You know you're saved today. You know without a shadow of doubt that you're saved today. You young people, do you know that you're saved today? It's amazing to me how how some people can go right away from the truth and go somewhere and claim to be saved again. You can't be saved but once. Bible, Bible is so clear on that. The book of Hebrews is so clear on that. It says if, if you, if you ever once is saved, really saved, then you're not going, you can't be saved again. Cause Jesus is not going to come back and die again. It's what Hebrews 6 says. You can't be saved again. You know, if you were ever saved to start with, At least people say they're saved. The fullness of joy because of close and blessed relationship always follows those who see that real living is with the brethren. First John 3 and verse 18. First John 3 and verse 11, I'm sorry, 11. For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him. I just saw on TV here a while back where some kid killed his whole family. Did he love his family? No, he didn't love them. He might have one time said he loved him. Cain didn't love Abel. He killed him because he didn't love him. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death unto life. That's why John wrote this book. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. We love the brethren. Joel don't love anybody right now. (laughs) And let him cry. He'll get it out. Love for the brethren. The wonderful thing that when brethren love one another. Wonderful thing. I remember Brother Kendall said several years ago, he said, we get along because we love one another. He said, we have our spats, but he said, we wind up loving one another. I, I, I When I preached, when I first preached to you folks nearly 36 years ago, my first message I preached 
to you folks. I don't I know where Karen Sam remembers it not. The kids were too small. But first message I preached to you was brotherly love. I said the only way that this church is going to stay together if we love one another. The only way. You have to love one another. I don't think we have that problem here because I do believe we do love one another and we care about one another. The fullness of joy because of close and blessed fellowship always follows those who know their heart is right with God. John teaches, and I'm going to quote this one, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and assure our hearts before him. One of the greatest things today is have assurance of heart. What does the Bible say? The Bible said, what does the song say? The song says, "There's, I believe it's trust and obey. It says, if there's nothing in your heart that condemns you, am I right? If there's nothing in your heart that condemns you, then you're going to be all right. See, the problem is, is down in our heart. Hatred comes from the heart. Love comes from the heart. All this comes, and, and, and John said here, he says, he says, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and assure our heart before him. In 1 John 3 and verse 19. The fullness of joy because of, because of close and blessed fellowship always follows those who know they are saved. John teaches, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. you ever get down and then read that verse? That verse will bring you back up. I'm telling you, that, that verse will fill you with joy. You ever get down on yourself? You ever get down to where you just feel like you can't ever get back up? Well, let me tell you, folks, that verse there will bring you back up. That verse right there, well, that's what it says. But these are written that ye might know. Uh, these are written, I'm sorry, but these have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life, that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. First John 5 and verse 13. All this, this whole book is written so that you'll know. So that you'll know. You, you need to read this book. You need to study it. Read it. I've, I've probably read First John a dozen times in my ministry. It's a great book to read. It's a great book because the very reason God wrote that book was to give us assurance that he has saved us. And that's, that's why he said, full of joy. Full of joy. Full of joy. How many of you know that you're saved? How many of you are gambling with eternal life? Always oh, a lot of people gambling with eternal life. Oh, I'll be okay. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about those things. I'll be okay. You may not be okay too. Oh, I know. Everybody dies, goes to heaven. That may not be so. That may not be so. We would like to think that's right. 
I would like to think that every family member I've ever had that has gone on has gone to heaven, but I don't believe that. I had a grandfather that was as wicked as they come. And I don't believe he died and went to heaven. I'm going to tell you folks, that's not always so. How many of you don't really know you have eternal life? Well, you need to look to Christ and his work while he was here on the earth because he died for all those who will believe upon him. It doesn't take a raising of hand. It doesn't take a bowing your head and praying. I'm just telling you he died for all those who will believe upon him. You know, I had a preacher one time asked me, he said, how do you get people to come forward if you don't do some of those things? I get with some of these Armenian preachers and I wreak havoc with them. And I said, we just wait on the Lord. And I said, it's worked. We've got everybody here at Landmark Baptist Church the Lord wants here. I believe that. I believe that every time I walk through those doors, I say, we've got everybody here that the Lord wants here. Oh, it'd be wonderful to have four or five new families come in. But I believe the Lord's got here who he wants here. And I, and I may finish my ministry out before I go home to be with the Lord. I may finish my ministry out with the folks that I know that the Lord put here at Landmark Baptist Church. Oh, we've had some that's left, but the Bible says they'll leave. That's what John said. John said that he said they'll, they go out from you because they're not of you. What John says. I'm just telling you the truth, folks. All right, let's form a circle.